Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God. Again, we're going to dive into the book of Acts, praise God, and bring another principle out, praise the Lord. I'm going to go to chapter 19, please. 19 of the book of Acts, praise God. Chapter 19, and I'm going to go down to verse 11, and read a couple verses here. And it says that now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Praise God. Now God worked unusual miracles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to talk about expecting the unusual. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, as a child of God, whether we're in ministry or not, you know, just living this life, walking this life, praise God. We're called, amen, to press into God, grab hold of all we can, amen. Nothing's impossible, right? Amen. Nothing's too hard for God. But sometimes what happens is we don't really reach for it. We don't really press in for it. We don't really, you know, get our expectation, uh, you know, locked on, amen, to believe for the impossible, praise God. So today I'm just going to talk about expecting the unusual, and I'm, of course, referring to like unusual miracles, signs, wonders, things like that, praise God. And so this word unusual, amen, means extraordinary, all right? It means unique, unfamiliar, it means uncommon, all right, unconventional, and it also uses uh, the phrase rare effects, okay? So that's what this word is defined at in, in the, uh, in the uh, concordance, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Paul, or probably God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. Praise God. Um, you know, the book of Acts is filled with different unusual miracles, and we're going to kind of look at some of them. And I'm going to go to chapter 5, please. Chapter 5. Hallelujah. We know all through the Word of God, there's just all kinds of unusual miracles that, that, that happen. We, every, anything from, uh, uh, you know, the uh, virgin birth all the way to the resurrection. I mean, you, you look at that. I mean, there ain't nothing common about that. It's uh, extraordinary, praise God. What's some of those words? Unconventional, rare effects, unfamiliar, unique, you know, unusual, praise God. We know that uh, the raising of the dead, the feeding of 5,000, I mean, these are things that are unusual, praise God, stuff you don't see necessarily on a normal uh, in a normal life, you know, but as a child of God, these ought to kind of be almost the norm for us, praise God. Uh, the calming of the sea, you know, when He commanded the sea to be still, amen, that was, that was uh, what was different, right? Unusual, praise God. Uh, when you see Jesus walking on the water, we have a couple, uh, you know, uh, occurrences of that where He walked on the, on the water. Uh, it's unusual, praise God. Well, I believe we ought to press in for these things. We ought to press in for the unique uh, unusual, uncommon, extraordinary, praise God, miracles, signs, wonders, amen, as a child of God. Hallelujah. So chapter 5 of the book of Acts, and let's go to verse 12, and just says this, and, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers uh, were increasingly added to the Lord uh, mul multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on, on beds and couches. Look at that, at, at, that at least the shadow of Peter 
passing by might fall on some of them. Praise God. That's pretty amazing. Hallelujah. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities uh, to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were uh, tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. But again, we're talking about unusual. Laid them uh, on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Praise God. I mean, talk about that. I mean, just... You know, people were just expecting. They came out, praise God, brought all the sick. They lined them up. And just at, uh, the man of God just walking down the street, praise God. Uh, we have unusual miracles happening. Let's look at another one in chapter 16. Hallelujah. Just going to take a few minutes and look at some, some uh, just different miracles that occurred uh, in the book of Acts. Praise God. Chapter 16, please. In verse 25. And what we see here at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing uh, hymns to, to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a, a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were sh uh, shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Now, of course, here they are. They're in prison, all right? There ain't nothing pretty about what they're going through here. And Paul and Silas just begin to worship God, just begin to praise God, sing songs, praise God. And obviously sang them loud enough that everybody in uh, in the dungeon there, everybody in the prison heard it, praise God. And all of a sudden, what? The wall starts start shaking. I mean, I tell you, that's, there ain't nothing uh, normal about that. Amen. So that's an unusual thing that happened. The wall starts shaking, praise God. Literally, the shackles just fall off. Amen. The doors pop open, praise God. Hallelujah. Talk about a sign and a wonder. Now think about this in the area of deliverance. You know, the enemy, you know, is trying to, you know, uh, bind up and, and shackle down the, the children of God one way or another, praise God. But I'll tell you what, as you begin to worship God and press into God, man, i tell you what, everything can shake loose, praise God. All those fetters and shackles breaking off, praise God. Doors popping open, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. People being delivered, hallelujah. That's how this thing's supposed to work, praise God. Let's look at another one in chapter 12 now. In fact, we have... We really have in chapter 12 now where Peter is himself freed from prison, praise God. And I'm going to go to verse uh, 5. And it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, uh, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, uh, that night Peter was sleeping, uh, bound with two chains between two soldiers. I mean, this is pretty, pretty amazing here. And the guards bef uh, before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Amen. Then the angel stood, uh, 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 pardon me, said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put, put on your garment and follow me. And of course he followed him, praise God. Hallelujah, went out and followed him and did not know uh, that, uh, that what was done by the angel was real. I mean, you can imagine this, right? He's probably just thinking, I'm just dreaming this thing. Uh, but thought he was seeing a vision. When, but when, uh, when, we're past, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, which opened to them, look at that, of its own accord, and they went out. And went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Now just, you know, again, another miracle. Now this we see the angel of the Lord, um, you know, showing up uh, to deliver, which how I many know that happens, right? 
That's, that could be one of those things that's called unusual, praise God, amen. So the deliverance, again, amen, an angel of the Lord shows up, delivers this man from prison, praise God. And you think about this, he was shackled down between uh, two guards, praise God, the, uh, the chains fall off, uh, the doors open up for him, and basically, you know, he's, he's, he's not sure yet if he's seeing this, if this is real or whatever, just a vision or a dream, whatever. But anyway, sure enough, he gets delivered, praise God. You know, the angel of the Lord uh, many times is there to bring deliverance one way or another. We even know later on in this chapter where Herod himself uh, uh, was taken out because uh, an angel of the Lord struck him. Are you hearing me? Because he's, you know, spouting off and saying things and really just being a nuisance. And so what happened, praise God, he was, uh, he was taken out. Amen. Another, another sign, another wonder there, you know, what happened there. Let's look at another one. We're going to go to chapter 28, and I just kind of grabbed a few here. I know there's stuff all through the book, but in chapter uh, 28, I thought this was worthy of mentioning. mentioning. Uh, verse, um, let's go to verse um, 3, and what we have uh, going on is um, this is, uh, uh, this is after the ship had wrecked, Paul was on, and they were, uh, I think the island of Malta, I believe is the name of the, of the island. And uh, all the natives there were, uh, were basically helping them out and everything. And so they were making a fire and they went out to get sticks to, to burn and all that. And so Paul went out in verse 3, and Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. And a, a viper or a snake, whatever, came out uh, because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Okay? And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, um, whom though he had... Escape the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. So obviously he must have been, uh, you know, a poisonous uh, viper, okay? So a poisonous snake, because obviously the locals said, you know, that, you know, this guy's going to die from that bite. But he shook off the creature into the fire. I like that. He shook it off and suffered no harm. However, when they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall dead, now obviously Again, locals, they know, they've seen this before, so they figured he was just going to swell up and just fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm uh, come to him, they changed their minds and said uh, that he must be a god. It's, am <laughs> it's amazing how your mind can change with stuff. But I think there's, the reason that's worthy of mentioning is how God can just deliver his people. There's all kinds of miraculous ways that God can do it. And this is why you and me, we need to press in all the time, believe God, for the unusual, for the impossible, praise God, to manifest. We need to always be believing, amen, for God to show Himself strong one way or another, amen. Every day we ought to be believing for some kind of breakthrough, some kind of miracle, the favor of God to show, uh, show forth, praise God. The Word says you can have favor uh, with God and favor with men, praise God. So even when you're, you're dealing with things, you know, uh, with individuals or people or, or governments or whatever it is that we're working with and having to deal with, things going on in communities and stuff. We should always be pressing in, amen, for, for the unusual, that God would show Himself strong one way or another, amen. I have found that most of the time we don't see miracles because we don't believe for them. Most of the time we don't see the favor of God because we don't believe for it. And that's just the fact. We just kind of bump along and we just kind of, you know, live life, and pretty soon we're, we're not living any different than most people who don't even know God. The guy down the street that might be as lost as a goose in a snowstorm, but, but we're, we're, our life ain't much different because we just kind of go along, don't think nothing of it, don't press in for anything. So my challenge to you today is to believe God and expect the unusual, expect God to show Himself strong. 
whether it is you need a breakthrough, a miracle, uh, you need uh, you know, some favor, you need to be delivered from something, whatever it may be, praise God, however it is. Maybe you're believing God concerning uh, your family, concerning your health, uh, your finance, your business. It could be all kinds of things. Are you pressing in for the unusual? Are you pressing in uh, for uh, the impossible to be made possible? Amen. And listen, I just want to say this. Just like that happened with this uh, story here in chapter 28, the people there, the locals there on that island, okay, when they saw that thing, uh, the manifestation of that, where Paul was, was you know, delivered from that, that did something to them. I mean, they, they, from one second thing, he's, you know, he must be a murderer. He's going to die in a minute, you know, and the next thing, you know, man, he must be a God, man. I mean, it just changed everybody's perspective. Amen. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that, that when you're, when you're believing God for breakthroughs and miracles, it's not just for your behalf or on your behalf we're talking about. We're talking about, praise God, that your family needs to see these things, that your, uh, that your neighbors need to see these things, that your, your friends and, and family need to see these kind of things. Your, uh, the people you're working alongside of every day, amen, they need to see this because these are the kind of things that become really a tool, in a sense, uh, to help you in the area of witnessing, in, in the area of just being a light, praise God. It's not hard to share your faith when you got signs, wonders, and miracles manifesting. It's not hard to share your faith when you got breakthroughs happening all the time, when you got the favor of God. A lot of times people look at you and they go, uh, they go man, how come it's working for you? I, how, how come that happening for you? You know, you could say, hey, let me, let me tell you about it, praise God. It just becomes a great opportunity to share your faith. Amen. So with that said, praise God, I want to, uh, let's go to Mark 9, praise God, Mark 9. And again, today is a challenge to believe for the impossible, praise God. Mark chapter 9, amen. Mark chapter 9. Actually, I enjoy this story. Of course, what we got going on here is a father had brought uh, his um, son uh, to be uh, delivered, he, and uh, he brought him to the disciples, and uh, they must have prayed for him, didn't see any breakthrough or nothing, so... There's a little bit of a commotion going on with the scribes and everybody that's all right there, and there's kind of this thing going on. And then Jesus shows up, and of course, uh, you know, he's asking what's happening. And the father uh, told him, or asked him, you know, I brought my son uh, to be healed. And uh, so, you know, here he is. So we're, we're going to pick up with that. Verse 21, um, he says, and the father, uh, or pardon me, he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? In other words, to his son here. Okay, so he said, you know, his son was having uh, seizures, all right, um, and it would throw him down and at times, you know, into the water, into the fire, depending on where they're at, and uh, you can imagine the kind of uh, struggle that would be on a family, uh, you know, just not even just to, just to sit back and watch that kind of thing happen would be hard, but you know, what it does and disrupts and all that kind of stuff, and so the father, you know, is, is just wanting to be, you know, get, get this thing done and gone, you know, and I don't, man, you don't blame him, right? So Jesus asked, how long has this been going on? So the father, you know, says from childhood, and he goes on to explain, it says, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, but I love this, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, if you can do anything, okay? Now, again, I'm not we're not making light of, of dad here. I mean, this has got to be a heavy thing going on. 
But you know, how many know it wasn't about whether Jesus could do, do, do something here, right? Jesus then answers him and says this, if you can believe. See, he said to him, if you can do anything, Jesus said, if you can believe. You know, he's looking, to, you know, the father's looking, if you can do anything, and the father says, if you can believe, all right? If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes, praise God. And, of course, the father got a hold of it, praise God, recognized that, and, of course, shifted his, uh, you know, his, his thoughts, praise God, a little bit, shifted his, uh, maybe his uh, uh, little bit of thought paradigm there, whatever you want to say, you know, this, uh, the way his belief system kind of, kind of made an adjustment, praise God, and as a result of it, they got a breakthrough, and the boy got healed. Now, the point I'm trying to make, he said this, if you can believe, all things are possible. Now, you take that, amen, wherever you're at, whatever you're dealing with. Now, you might be looking to God saying, God, you know, when are you going to you know, show yourself strong here? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Or will you this? Will you that? Whatever. A lot, a lot of people get caught up in that same thing. Pretty soon, you know, they're, they're waiting for God to do something. When all along, God just says, if you can believe, all things are possible. So then you got to kind of sit and you got to look at that. So what does that mean? Well, the word believe here is the word pisteo, which comes from the word pistis, which is the word for faith or to believe or have belief in. Amen. This word here means to entrust or put or commit to trust. All right. It means to rely on or to be convinced of. See, these are all some of the synonyms of this word. In other words, are you committed to this thing, all right? The word faith itself, okay, is, like I said, pistis is the Greek word, which refers to persuasion, conviction, uh, assurance, reliance, dependence, or to trust in. All of them are synonyms of faith. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, are you locked on and believing? So if you can believe, all right? Now, a lot of times, you know, we, we get on a subject like this, and some people you know, say, well, you're, you know, you're being critical or you're being too hard. I don't think so at all. You know, Jesus at one time says, you know, uh, you know according to your faith, so, so be it. I don't think he was being hard on anybody. He just says, listen, if you can connect with your faith, if you can connect, you know, with your, your confidence and assurance in God, if you can believe, you can have it because all things are possible to those who believe. So my, my challenge to you today is, you know, is really just asking, are you, are you in a place where you're believing for these unusual things, for these breakthroughs, the favor of God, the miracles of God, you know, whatever, answers, wisdom. We could go there. You know, think about the wisdom of God that could come on the scene to give you understanding about something, you know, that spiritual understanding about whatever it is you're dealing with. I remember um, several years ago, this is just some natural thing, but, but it, it ministered to me too, and I'm sitting here, I got a, uh, you know, I got this uh, uh, gate that opens and closes out and, you know, coming off the road into my property. And uh, my, my gate broke down and was giving me fits. And, and uh, I was just kind of at a place where maybe I, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, didn't have time to go get a new one and get it all replaced and fixed or whatever, that kind of thing. And, and so I was just praying about it. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God gave me this, this insight about how to fix it. And I'm not, when, you, when it comes time to stuff like that, man, I, you, you don't want me touching it. But the Spirit of God showed me exactly what to do, literally laid it out for me what to do. I went out there and, and opened it up and did exactly what he said, what I saw uh, happen in my, you know, just in my inward knowing here. And I did that, and all of a sudden that thing started working. Now, I think, you know, that's just some simple thing. 
But in all honesty, that's what God wants to do for us all the time. Amen. God wants to be there to give you wisdom, to give you favor, to give uh, you know, a breakthrough, whatever. Show himself strong one way or another. Amen. And that's just, you know, that's just one of a hundred things that I could share just in my own life, amen, that have happened, amen, just by pressing in every day and being open and ready for God to show you something or reveal something or show Himself strong in one way or another, praise God. So if you can believe, listen, all things, amen, are possible, right? What's He say? All things are possible to Him who believes, praise God. Now, praise God, the Father got it. He understood that. But you notice it had to take a little bit of a shift of thinking, all right? And it didn't take long. It wasn't like this thing took a month for him to get it. I mean, it's just, just a little, little tweak in the understanding, a little tweak in the thinking, amen, in his belief system there. It just had to be tweaked just a little bit. And once he got that made, everything flowed and everything worked, praise God. And he says, if you can do anything, have compassion. And of course, he... You know, that wasn't even the question. The question is, can you believe for it? If you can believe for it, you can have it, praise God. All things are possible, right, to him who believes, praise God. Let's look at another one, praise God. Let's go to Luke, next book over, Luke chapter 1, please. Praise the Lord. Hope you're hearing this today, praise God. Luke chapter 1, hallelujah. Let's see here. Luke 1, and uh, what we have in context is the angel of the Lord talking to Mary. Now, this is before she agrees, uh, uh, you know, as far as the, the virgin birth here. But this is what the angel of the Lord said to Mary. Verse 37 says, For with God nothing will be impossible. With God, for with God nothing will be impossible. Praise God. Now, the Amplified uh, translation uh, for this verse says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I like that because in context, that's what. See, he was talking to her about something, amen, and, and, and basically saying this is what's going to happen. Okay, so the, it's the word of the Lord to her, all right? And that's why he says, for with God, nothing's impossible. In other words, if God's telling you this, if God's promising this, if God's speaking this to you, then understand if God's saying it, then it's, it's not impossible, right? It's, it's, all, it's all possible. So let me read that again in the Amplified. For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I love that, praise God. Now, here you go. This is what the word impossible is defined at in, in uh, just in a dictionary. Actually I, actually, I think this one's the one right out of the, uh, uh, the concordance, actually. Uh, it says this, to be unable. So the word impossible means to be unable, unattainable, unreachable, unachievable. It refers to can't, something that can't be done. So when he says that here, that nothing will be impossible, that means nothing uh, to him is is unable to be done or unattainable, unreachable, unachievable. Amen. I mean, sometimes you just kind of look at that and you think about uh, sometimes the little things that limit us in our walk, things that we might think are unachievable or things that we might think are unreachable or unattainable. Amen. Because sometimes religiously, we know that with God, nothing's impossible, but sometimes we just, we don't kind of put the, 
you know, maybe the, the synonyms to that and then, then recognize that, you know, unreachable, unattainable. You know, sometimes, you know, when you sit around, you're just going along and say, oh, that'll never be done or that can't be done. or You don't even realize it that sometimes we limit God uh, because we, we really are seeing it as an impossibility when, when it really isn't. And it's just something to think about. But it says here that, that nothing, amen, will be impossible. Now, the dictionary, here's the, de- the dictionary defini- definition of impossible. I thought this was interesting, all right? So the dictionary defines it as that which is seen as not possible or thought as not obtainable. I thought that was interesting because if you really stop and think about it, that's exactly what hangs us up sometimes. It says here, uh, that which is seen as not possible. So the word impossible in the dictionary just a standard dictionary, defines it as that which is seen, in other words, with the senses, with the eyes, right, the natural eyes, you see it as not possible or thought as not obtainable. When you stop and you think about it, that's really all it is. It's, it's our own way of thinking or how we see things, you know, by the senses. And that's why we walk by faith and not by sight, praise God. Because if you're moved more by sight, you have a tendency to limit God. You have a tendency to not really press in for the impossible, to not expect the unusual, praise God, amen. Our thoughts get, you know, because of everything going on, we may be thinking a certain way and not even realize we're limiting God. I hope you're hearing this. You know, I was thinking about, you know, things, uh, uh, you know, what people would deem as impossible, you know, uh, used to be. Uh, they thought that a four-minute mile was impossible for a human being to run a four-minute mile. Well, you know, maybe it was back in like, I believe it was like 1954, Roger Bannister uh, didn't agree with that, you know. He ran, uh, he ran and broke a four-minute mile back in 1954. Well, it's no longer seen or thought as impossible because somebody's now done it. Well, do you know that, that within that next year, within 12 months, I think it was 34 or 5 other people broke the 4-minute mile. Now, you think, what, what was the difference? Well, it was how people thought and how people saw it. They saw it as, as not possible and thought it as not obtainable. And as a result of it, it limited them. They were limited. Well, once one man did it, all of a sudden it's like, okay, it is possible. So now next thing you know, it changes everything. And we're talking, you know, several dozen people after that, praise God, within a year did that, okay, because it's no longer seen as impossible, praise God. Anyway, just something to think about, amen. Hallelujah. I was thinking about, um, uh, you know, God doing things um, to deliver His people, you know, uh, some of the, the big ones, you know, like uh, Daniel, for instance, when Daniel was, uh, was thrown into a lion's den. You think about the unusual miracle that happened there that stopped the lion's mouth. And then, you know, we know that they, it wasn't like they weren't hungry because, you know, as soon as they pulled him out the next morning and threw those other guys in the pit, I mean, they were, they were basically dead before they hit the ground, you know. But the point is that it was an unusual miracle that God did. And you stop and you think, really, nothing really is impossible. I mean, he shut the mouths of lions, amen, you know, so the man of God would be safe, amen. You think about that viper that, that bit Paul. I mean, he just, he just shook it off. Now, it was a poisonous viper, but God 
proved himself strong. Amen. Uh, the man of God just shook it off. I love that. He just shook it off, it says. He just shook it off, praise God, and moved on. Amen. I think about so many, time, uh, so many things in our own life. We just shake it off and move on. You might be amazed at what God would do. Amen. Instead of getting all caught up with everything. Well, anyway, it's a, probably another sermon there. But I was thinking about even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay, in the fiery furnace. Okay, think about the miracle that happened there, that miracle of deliverance that happened. We're talking about very unusual. I mean, phenomenal thing that happened there. And we know, uh, you know, that it was obviously was, it was a fiery furnace because those that tried to throw those men in all died, you know. So we know that, you know, it wasn't no lightweight thing. But here they are, you know, delivered, amen, and even come out without even the smell of smoke on them. Now, I'm just trying to, what I'm just trying to do maybe is just kind of talk some of these things because the idea is to always keep in mind about a good God that's for you, not against you, a God that's always with you, never leave you nor forsake you, praise God, a God that always wants to show himself strong on your behalf, praise God, Well, whether it's provision, whether it's protection, come on now, whether it's meeting a need one way or another, amen, showing, yourself, showing himself strong concerning your family. You might be believing God concerning some things with your children or your grandchildren, you know what I'm saying, or a spouse or something. And I'm telling you what, nothing is impossible with God, praise the Lord. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to Luke, since we're in Luke. Let's go to Luke 18. <clears throat> Luke 18. Hope you're good, doing good there, child of God. Praise the Lord. Luke 18. I don't want to be boring anybody today. I'm hoping you're getting this and hallelujah, receiving this. Luke 18, hallelujah, verse 27, a pretty cool verse here. It said this, the things which are impossible with men, hallelujah, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Okay, that's, that's Luke's account. Uh, let me just quote you Matthew's account, and Mark, or probably Mark's account in 10. 27 of Mark, it says this, with men it is impossible, with, but with God, but not with God. Let's, let me read that again. With men it is impossible, but not with God. With God all things are possible. That's Mark's account, all right? Praise God. But again, uh, Luke's account, verse 27, says the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, what does that mean with men? I mean, we kind of, you know, you know kind of mentally we kind of get this, but it literally means by man's hand by man's power, by man's uh, own ability or own means, his own physical power. Um, it just means something being done physically or naturally. So in other words, you know, when you start leaning in there just thinking it always has to be done by, a man, by your own strength or your own ability, you're probably going to limit God, okay, when it's always about your own ability, your own strength. And that's what he said. So the things which are impossible with men are not impossible with God. So he's just trying to let it be known, praise God, that you might be going along and have done everything you know to do to see something, you know, get fixed or done or turned around or whatever it is or get handled. Uh, but if you don't watch it, you know, if it's always about your own ability, your own strength, then you've automatically are probably limiting God somewhere. Amen. Now you think about this, even in the area of provision, I know I've kind of mentioned some of that earlier, but you think about provision, you know, think about how God can just supernaturally meet a need. I mean, I think about even when, uh, when Jesus told the boys, go fishing, you know what I mean? Now, I, you know, most people say, hey, praise the Lord, telling me to go fishing. And he says, you know, there's the temple tax got to get paid. He said, listen, you go fishing, the first fish you pull up, you're going to find in its mouth, 
uh, you know, the money you need to pay the temple tax. Well, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, that's, that's why I'd like to see it, right? Come on now. You know, every time you came, comes tax day, you know, Jesus you, you says, go fishing, praise God. Well, we know that that obviously that doesn't happen all the time, but obviously it does happen, praise God. God can supernaturally and do things in an unusual way to meet a need, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. God's good, amen. I mean, even, you know, area fishing. I remember, you know, when you read this, the Gospels and you see where, uh, I think it's like, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know if I wrote it down or not, probably didn't write this one down, but I was just thinking about uh, like Mark 5, I think it is. Uh, it could be. Uh, but anyway, when, when he's, uh, he tells the boys uh, to throw their nets off to the one side of the boat, and they had, the word says they were out there all night, man. They were trying to fish. They couldn't catch anything, man. It just, it, you know, even if their life depended on it, they just couldn't catch anything. So they're out there, and they're, you know, trying to do it. And now they're getting, you know, tired, and they're coming in. They're going to wash their nets and get everything all cleaned up and, and you know, just be done. And he said, listen, throw your, throw, throw your nets off to that side over there. And when they did, you know, of course, I don't think they necessarily did it with uh, – you know, if you kind of read the story, I don't know they necessarily did it with a lot of enthusiasm, but when they did, the Word said they got this net-breaking load of fish, praise God. I mean, more fish than they, if they would have caught all night, they could have caught that many, praise God. Anyway, the point is, is it's amazing, amen, how God can meet needs, amen, how God can show Himself strong in the area of provision, praise God. You know, think about the widow woman, amen, that... Uh, you know, she had a need, okay? They had a debt that had to get paid. Uh, the debtor was coming, was going to take her sons uh, to, to work off the debt. And uh, so she went to the man of God and said, I need help. And he says, all right, what do you got? She says, all I've got is this jar of oil. I mean, that ain't much, right? Well, he thought, okay, we can work with that. And that, I mean, talk about unusual, right? We can work with that, all right? So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to collect all the pots and vessels and and pottery, everything that you can get. He said, don't just get a few. Get as, get as many as you can. Bring them all into the house. And when you're all done, bring it in. Shut the door. And then it said, begin to pour the oil into those vessels. And that little jar of oil just kept pouring and pouring and pouring. And she went to the next vessel, the next vessel, the next vessel, the next vessel. And just literally, I mean, you, you can imagine, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we don't know you know, how many vessels it was. We just know it was, I guess it was, it was quite a few of them. But, you know, you think about it, while that was going on, the boys probably were looking at mom going, man, we should have went down the street and got more vessels, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, you just think of how the, you know, how you, your mind would have worked with that. Sitting there watching that oil just keep pouring out. And they filled up every vessel in that place, okay, that they had, they had gathered. Every one of them they'd gathered had got full of oil and once the last vessel was full, that oil shut off. That's pretty phenomenal, pretty unusual. And though, so they went and took that them pots, and they sold it, and it paid off the debt. All right? Now, I just, I don't know. I just, you know, God can do all kinds of supernatural ways to meet needs, praise God. So, again, all this is today is a challenge to you and me to press in for the unusual. Amen. God will show himself strong if you'll just press in and you believe for it, praise God. God is not short, amen, on, on, on ability and strength, amen, to meet any kind of need. And I'm telling you what, even if it's never been done in that way, God can do a whole new thing, praise God. You know, you think about, you know, when He parted the sea, okay, 
for the, for the Israelites to cross that, that Red Sea. Amen. And here, you know, here come the uh, Egyptians barreling down on them. They all cross over on dry ground, it said. That sea parted. They went across in dry ground. They get over the other side. Here comes the enemy trying to, you know, follow them right through there, praise God. And then he closes that sea in on the enemy, and they're done. They go sing a song, praise God. Miriam grabs a green tambourine and goes after it, praise God. Why? Because there was a great deliverance. The point is, there ain't nothing about that that's normal or usual, okay? This is all unusual, uncommon, extraordinary things that happen that God will do to deliver His people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, sometimes you just start thinking about this. It just, it just, man, just your faith just jumps. You know what I mean? Come on now. All right, where are we at here? Let's go to, uh, let's look at another, uh, let's go to Jeremiah. I thought this would be a good one to look at. Jeremiah, in chapter 32, please. Jeremiah. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 32, I thought, man, if we're going to talk about the impossible, we probably should bring some of these references out. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 32, and um, I guess I should get to the right book. Here we go. There we go. Something didn't look right. There we go. All right. Verse 27 Actually, verse 26 says, And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. So, okay, so now he's talking to Jeremiah. This is what God said to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Now, let me explain that here in a minute. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? Now, you know the answer to that. You know, religiously speaking, you know, you can ask anybody, any Christian, is, is there anything too hard for God? And, and there ain't really... I don't know you'll ever find a Christian that's going to say, well, yeah, there's some things too hard. No, nobody's really going to say that. Uh, even, if they, even if they thought it, they probably wouldn't admit that. But you know as well as I do, there is nothing too hard for God. But you know sometimes, you know, you don't even realize it, that we limit God in certain things. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because if you back up in the chapter, you have to understand that what, what God said to Jeremiah, He was actually using Jeremiah's words back at him, okay? The reason I say that is because you go to like verse 17, and this is Jeremiah, you know, talking to the Lord, and he says this, O Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Now, that sounds like a pretty, pretty powerful thing to pray to God, right? But you know, sometimes people say that because they know they should say that, or they say that because, you know, you know, spiritually speaking, that's accurate. You know, God is all-powerful. God can do all things. Amen. And, and most Christians are going to say, Amen, brother. Praise God. At least most of the circles I run around probably, you know, arm up in the air, shouting hallelujah, amen, a little get up and maybe do a little jig. Praise God. Hallelujah. Might have a little praise ye the Lord and, you know, maybe a Jericho march. I mean, I don't know, praise God, but I'll just everybody gets all excited about how nothing's impossible for God. And accurately, that, that's true, right? But what happened was he goes a little bit further on in his prayer to God, and pretty soon he's starting to say, you know, uh, you know, I know you can do all this and all that, but, you know, what about these people? And then and he, pretty soon he's whining. He turns this 
great start of a prayer, you know, about how nothing's too hard for God, amen, into, you know, what are we going to do about these people? I don't understand. They ain't gonna, they're not listening. They're not doing what they should. They're not, they're not giving heed to anything I say. He's just kind of whining. And that's why God said in verse 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. In other words, you can't be moved by all this stuff. I'm the God of all flesh. Don't get all worked up in this stuff. And he says, is there anything too hard for me? That's why he's asking it. He says, you know, you just told me there's nothing too hard for me. All right? Now, listen, I'm the God of all flesh. Don't get all worked up about all this. I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Amen. He just kind of used his own words right back at him. Amen. And I, to me, I, I just I look at that and I think, you know, especially as a pastor, you know, a lot of times you're working with people and, you know, you know, you'd like to think everybody's, you know, one of those blue ribbon sheep, you know, they all, you know, hear it and they follow and they do what they're called to do and they keep at it and they keep going and they, they believe God every day and, you know, they serve all the time and give like they're supposed to and they, man, they, you know, press in and always going higher and going deeper, praise God and, you know, they're all intercessors for God and, you know, you want to believe that about everybody, but you know as well as I do, not everybody necessarily jumps in line, not everybody necessarily does what they're supposed to do and sometimes if you don't watch it you know especially as a minister you you can start looking you start pretty soon you're seeing more of the negative and you're seeing the positive and don't get me wrong I mean there's always things that you know need to be adjusted or, or people to grow up and all that kind of stuff but sometimes if you don't watch it all you see is all the bad all you see is the negative which is wrong you know and I'm just kind of maybe repenting in front of you all I've had that happen and then pretty soon you find yourself in the same boat Jeremiah was in. You're sitting here, you know, whining. You know, you probably started your prayer, you know, Lord, I love you and I'm, I honor you, praise you. You're, you're awesome, praise God. You're a good God. And then, hey, by the way, I want to tell you about all these people I have to deal with. Man, they're, you know, they're giving me fits and I don't know what to do with them and they're making me mad, making me upset. Okay, 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 we need, we need to... We need to get something straightened out here, praise God. See, sometimes you don't even realize how much you limit God, all right? Now, maybe you've never had that issue, praise God. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever had those issues, but uh, chances are probably not. Now, the point I'm just trying to make, again, is sometimes we don't even realize, just like Jeremiah, okay, he said all the right things, okay, and then all of a sudden, the more he talked, the more it came out, okay, that he really wasn't in faith, okay, he really was more upset, uh, than he was, you know, in, in a place of confidence in God. Amen. He said all the right words to God when it came time to, you know, you know, you know, you know, declaring who God was. He knew all the right things to say. Amen. Come on now. Sometimes we do too, right? As children of God, sometimes we, you know, we, we, we learn this uh, language called Christianese, you know, amen, praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah. You know, we, we all learn that Christianese thing, you know. And nothing wrong with that, praise God, but I mean, no, it isn't, you know, it's not about how many hallelujahs you say. It's got to be about how much faith you're putting out there. How much are you believing? Amen. Are you pressing in? Amen. Are you expecting big things? Or you have more of an expectation of negative things to happen, you know? And uh, you just got to, sometimes you just got to kind of check yourself a little bit, you know, police yourself a little bit and find out, you know, am I in that place or not? Amen. Am I just mouthing things? You know, do I have my mouth on autopilot, so to speak, and just... Talking Christianese, amen. Now listen, this ain't no rebuke and this ain't no, you know, condemnation thing. It's not at all. I'm just telling you, sometimes these are things that you got to recognize. You know, are, am I really in a place of expecting the unusual, expecting God to show himself strong? 
Are you hearing me today? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We also, uh, you know, with the same phrase here, is there anything too hard? That's the same thing that the Lord said to Abraham back in Genesis, uh, you know, talking about Sarah. Remember, remember that story when uh, the Lord is telling Abraham, you know, what, what's going to happen with a, you know, a son that's going to come from his own loins and from, uh, from his wife, Sarah, and, and uh, Sarah laughed and, you know, the Lord kind of called her on it, you know, and, and he just, he made that same statement. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I mean, I, I just, you know, sometimes it's like, it's like you got to kind of stop and go, yeah, you're right. Is there, is there really anything that's too hard for him? It's like, no. Is, 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 is there anything impossible for God? Amen. No, nothing's impossible for God. I mean, you just, sometimes you just got to stop and go, wait a minute. What? I, I'm sitting here, you know, maybe in a sense looking at my own abilities or my lack of ability, probably in most cases, you know, looking and thinking, oh, you know, I'm, st- I'm starting to look at all this thing I have to deal with and this thing I got to deal with. And I'm too busy looking at, you know, our own, you know, man's ability, man's uh, power and finding out we, we just can't, you know, there's no way we can do that. Well, maybe you're focusing on the wrong thing then. Maybe you need to put your faith toward God. You're believing toward God, right? Come on now. Because nothing's impossible to those who believe, right? Come on now, that's a good promise, right? And just like that father made that, that little of an adjustment, sometimes it's just you and me make a little adjustment. You know, it wasn't just probably about a week back. I'm, there's certain verses that I'm, uh, you know, I just sometimes just take certain uh, verses and in, in my, my time with God in the morning, I'll take a little part of that prayer time and I just kind of go through uh, kind of a confession of faith. I just start making confessions of faith over the family and, uh, you know, everything about provision and health and, you know, the blood, uh, you know, covering uh, the family and just, you know, all the different verses that deal with that. And I was just kind of going through that. And all of a sudden, one of the verses I quoted, I just kind of made it. And all of a sudden, it's like something clicked. You know, you went from a from kind of a logo state to a rhema state. All of a sudden, you got a revelation and, he, and, and I saw it, and it was, a, and, and in it, I saw an adjustment that I had to make because I, I, I knew that verse, and I knew what it meant, but it's like I had something in me that was holding back from letting that manifest in its entirety in my life. Just a little tweak, but it was enough to say, you know what, I didn't even realize how much I was limiting God, amen, and, and, and you know, without going into all of it, the bottom line was it was just a little simple thing but it was just a little, a little tweak, and all of a sudden, it was like floodgates kick open in that area. And that's all it took. And so that's my point to you today, is that sometimes just a little, a little tweak, and you realize, wait a minute, you know what? I've been limiting God in that. You know, there's nothing impossible, praise God. God wants to do the unusual. God wants to do the extraordinary. Amen. God wants to do the supernatural, praise God. I was thinking about all the different ways that God, you know, did these unusual things to deliver uh, His people. How about, you know, a, a rock in a sling for David to take out a giant called Goliath? Amen. I bet there wasn't not, nobody in there could see that happening. All of a sudden, God uses a rock in a sling. Are you, are you hearing this? A jawbone of, of a donkey, you know, take out all the Philistines. <laughs> I think, man, you know, uh, Joshua commands the sun to stand still so they can take out, was it the Gibeonites or whoever it was, praise God, or Amorites or whoever it was, praise God, someites anyway, praise God. Just think about all the different things that God did, the unusual things that God used or did, amen, to, to bring deliverance to His people, praise God. 
How about a praise in a song? Remember that with Jehoshaphat and the whole thing that happened there? Man, he just says, you know what? The battle's the Lord's, praise God. So what did they do? They sent out the praisers, amen. And by the time, they, you know, they get done singing their song, man, the enemy's, you know, turned on, you know, on each other, praise God. How about Jericho marching around, uh, you know, the walls of Jericho, praise God. And at the end, you know, they shout that shout of, uh, you know, of, of victory, praise God, and the walls come down. I mean, we're talking about, talk about unusual, all right? These are, these are things in, that God has done and God is still doing today, praise God. And as I said earlier, I'm going to say it again, just because maybe there's something that needs to be done in your life, maybe you might not find that exact reference or that thing that maybe, you know, God can do something so unusual it's never been done before. Nowhere in here does it say, amen, that, that God is only going to do the same things He's done already, you know, in Scripture. No way, man. God's going to do these unusual things, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How about this? How about uh, uh, the pitchers, torches, and the trumpets? I think about that with Gideon. Remember that back in, in Judges 7? He goes out, and there's a great deliverance. He takes those 300 men, and they take, I mean, pitchers, torches, and trumpets. And you think, what? You know, but takes that and threw a, and showed them what to do. And when he did, praise God, the enemy again turns on each other, praise God, and they got a great deliverance out of 300 men. 300 men took on thousands. I mean, it's just, it's just some of this is just uh, phenomenal. You know, and one of the things that I, I think I, I, I need to say this, and and maybe I could have said it a little earlier, but I'm going to say it now. And that is, you know, um, we're, we're commissioned by God to believe for the impossible. You know, when, when Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. He's, he's, he's basically commissioning us, commissioning us to believe for the impossible. You know, believe for the unusual. Press in there for it. Amen. Don't hold back. Amen. Let God do something supernatural, praise the Lord. I mean, there's just, man, I'm telling you, when you start letting your mind go down that road, in fact, let's do this. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, please. Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe we'll wrap it up with Ephesians 3 here. We'll see here. All right. Ephesians 3. And a common text but we're going to maybe take a little bit fresh look at this. In uh, verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, I'm in 320 of Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, but get this, according to the power that works in us. God is able, right? I mean, nobody's going to disagree with that. God's able, praise God. But He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. And this is just like those big words, right? Those are like those words like, man, nothing's impossible. Whoa, huge, big, big, you know, not exceedingly abundantly above, right? Come on now. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. How big can you ask? How big can you think? I think the Amplified brings out, uh, he says this, he'll do super abundantly far over and above all that we ask, think. Amen. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, dreams. Man, I think about that, okay? How, how big can you, can you desire? How big can you think? How big can you hope? How, how big are your dreams? I mean, I mean, just think about that. But it said this at the end of this verse, okay? 
uh, back to the New King James here is what I'm in. It says uh, that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in this. Now, this word power, again, is dunamis, okay, which means force or miraculous power. It literally means a to-be-possible force. When you look that up, I thought that was kind of interesting. A to-be-possible force. Amen. In other words, existing in possibility is what that word means. I mean, nothing's impossible. It exists in possibility. To-be-possible force. Now, you know, when you kind of look at that, at first you think, well, what's that mean? But when you see it in this verse, it makes sense. Because it says, according to the power, that to-be-possible force that's at work within you. Okay, energero, in other words, working or active, okay, effective, operative. Okay, that's what that word is referring to. So what is working in you? All right, now I'm kind of doing this as a point of contact, but the point is, what's working in you? All right, see, that, we've got to ask ourselves that because he said that, that, that nothing's impossible, right? He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think, but it's according to something. It's according to that to-be-possible force. How much, how much of that's working in you right now? Amen. How much of, the, of that you got working in you? Praise God. You know, I think about, uh, you know, some of these things I've been sharing with you. You know, I think about, you know, just even as I've sat down and kind of took the time, just kind of go through this, and, you know, because I was going to get ready to minister this. I kind of knew in my heart I needed to share this. And as I went through it, you know, just even as you go through it, you, pretty soon you just find yourself kind of getting pumped up, you know, you, you know, faith-wise. You just kind of, it just starts stirring in you, praise God. And even standing in here today talking to you, praise God. I mean, as I talk this, the more you talk it, the more you get stirred up, the more it kind of pumps you up, praise God. I mean, man, I just, I don't know, I just think about all these things that God has done. You know, think about, uh, for instance, maybe, remember the four lepers that God used, you know, in the city, everybody's starving to death. And you got these lepers outside in their, you know, kind of outside the community, kind of like normal, maybe out in that leper colony. And surrounding the city, or at least the gates of the city, you got these, this enemy, okay, enemies actually, because I think it was multiple armies, but they're there basically shut the city down and basically going to starve them out, what they're trying to do. Well, man, these, you know, these lepers, you know, they, they're, they're hungry, you know, and, uh, you know, the, they go into the city. They know that, you know, there ain't nothing in there for me to eat or nothing, you know, and we're out here, we're starving, we're dying out here. We die if we go there. He says, you know what? You know, what do we got to lose? You know, we, let's just, you know, we got nothing to lose. Let's, let's just go over to the enemy and see if they'll, they'll throw us some food, you know. So they just start walking down the road heading toward the enemy's camp thinking, you know, if we die, we die, man, whatever, you know. I mean, you know, what do we got to lose, you know? So they're heading down there. But what God did, God brought a deliverance to the people of God in the city by four lepers. As they walked down that road, the enemy heard armies coming at them. We have four probably, you know, skinny as a rail lepers walking down the road, probably, you know, probably didn't wear way much more than 100 pounds apiece, you know what I mean? I don't know, I'm just saying. But the point is, they're just walking down the road, four lepers, and somehow God used that, amen, to make the enemy hear armies coming after them. They thought that they, man, the, uh, the Israelites must have hired, they must have hired some, uh, some armies to come against us, and they all picked up and 
took off, left everything, left all the uh, valuable things, left the, the food. I mean, so then these lepers come into town and, you know, they just started eating, man. They went from one tent to the next tent, man, because, I mean, there's nobody there. So they're just, man, eating what they can. And pretty soon they said, you know what, we probably better go back and tell the city, praise God, that the enemy's gone, you know. But anyway, the point is, talk about something unusual, what God can do. Amen. It's just phenomenal to me, praise God. So just as you get into these things, it just starts stirring you up. And so I guess today my heart is probably to stir you up, praise God, amen, to, to purpose within yourself, amen. Like this verse says, praise God, according to the power that's at work, what is working in me, amen, is that to-be-possible force activated on the inside of me. Is it stirring in me? Am I pressing in and believing for all that God, you know, the favor of God, the, the wisdom of God, the miraculous uh, move of God, amen? Uh, God showing Himself strong. Am I, am I pressing in for that? Am I believing for that? Praise God. See, it's, it's worthy of checking yourself out, amen? But I'll tell you what, as you get into this and meditate on this, praise God, it'll begin to stir that in you, amen? And I'm believing with all my heart, praise God, uh, child of God, you're going to see miracle after miracle, signs and wonders, breakthroughs like you've never had before, praise God, as you begin to look to Him and press in, knowing that nothing is too hard for God, nothing is impossible with Him, praise God. If you can believe, all things are possible. Those that believe, I'm a believer, praise God. I'm believing, I'm pressing, praise God. I'm going to grab what's mine. As you do that, praise God, God will show Himself strong on your behalf, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord God, for a people that had ears to hear, a heart to receive, that you again opened the eyes of our understanding. Today challenged us to believe for the impossible, praise God. And Father, I give you praise for it. And I give you all the honor, all the glory in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.